You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of another round.
what is the Danish entry this year for Best International Feature Film. It is another collaboration between Mads Mikkelsen and Thomas Vinterberg. And it is, if I if I will be so bold to say myself, uh, one of the best films of the year. So much so that I am enjoying a nice glass of, well, I'll, I'll leave it up to the imagination for you all to guess what it is that I'm sipping on right now while we do this review, <laughs> because I figured, why not have the BAC at .05 Matt, for this podcast review? As you Matt, Matt, we don't need to guess. <laughs> no. Exactly what it is. <laughs> nope. It's it, you, you can make out the sound. It is gl- glass and ice. I was going to say, I, I hear like a real glass. Yeah. <laughs> so he poured the white claw into a glass. <laughs> Listen, just because Kevin Clawwitter is here on the show does not mean that I'm drinking Kevin White Claws, okay? I don't think I've seen you drink anything other than a claw in a long time. <laughs> hey, quarantine is ending. I get my second shot on Sunday. It's a whole new world. It's a whole new me. Oh, my God. What a life. What a life. What a life. What a beautiful, beautiful life. <laughs> Oh my god. Everybody just like shut off the podcast at this point. They're like, done. I'm not listening to anything more. Uh, all right. But this film here uh, is, it's really had a remarkable run, I feel like, this uh, season. There's some really interesting, uh, you know, there's an interesting story behind the making of the movie as well as what the film is ultimately about. It is deceptive how simple this movie is, but at the same time, how complex it is beneath the surface. So I'm very, very excited to talk about it here today. Why don't we first start off with Casey Lee Clark. Casey, what did you think of Another Round? Oh, well, you already know I love this movie. I had it on my top 10. It's actually one of those where the more removed I am from it as time goes on, I like it even more, and I think I would have had it even higher on my top 10. It's definitely one of the films this award season that I'm the most passionate about, I would say. I just found it so funny, but also quite touching. I found myself so invested in these four guys. I think they're all incredible in particular, Mads Mikkelsen, of course. I think that while it might take some predictable turns, it also takes some unexpected ones or might not go the way that maybe an American film would possibly take them. I think that has a lot of interesting things to say about drinking culture, obviously, um, in Europe, but also I think just anybody can get from it but yeah it's one of my favorite films of the year and i'm really happy that we get to talk about it yeah completely nicole what about you so i was very excited to finally catch up with this movie because i actually watched thomas vinterberg's far from the matting crowd for the first time earlier this year and obviously fell in love with it so i was really excited to see this as well and i've watched it twice now i watched it again earlier today and like casey said i think it's a really interesting look at drinking and drinking culture but i also really admire the fact that it's also a movie that's very centered around male friendship and i think it has interesting things to say about teaching and uh friendship as well as about drinking and i i just think that the performances are fantastic it's so atmospheric and it's definitely something that has like great rewatch factor which is something that i always am looking for in a movie so i do see this as one that's going to continue to grow on me over time. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, I definitely think the rewatch factor is something that kind of uh, it kind of sneaks up on you when you're watching it. Like you don't exactly expect to say to yourself, oh, this is something that I'll rewatch and revisit again. But I've uh, found myself watching it four times now at this point, which um, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed that. So, Dan, what about you? So I was one of the first people to see this movie as part of the Toronto International Film Festival and in the fall. Yeah. And it was the last film that I saw as part of the festival. And I remember really liking it, but not loving it uh, when I saw it. I was really engaged by the performances and the the concept of it. But something it, it didn't go all the way into the love territory for me, for me at the time, um, and I haven't watched it since. And but it was something that was really sticky. I kept myself constantly thinking about it in random moments. Like it really stuck with me. That's that rewatchability factor right there. It is, and so I was really excited to watch it again in advance of this podcast, and. There are things that happen in this movie that knowing the end of the movie had a bigger emotional impact on me the second time through. And also knowing how the um, their little drinking experiment goes wrong and when it goes wrong, let me really focus on how the film develops its themes and its characters. And I found that it was so much richer than I had remembered on that front. I I do still think that despite the great performances and strong direction, I think it has pacing issues in the second half, but this is still easily one of the highlights of the year 
of cinema it's so so strong on so many levels and honestly one of the best ensembles of the year no arguments there not at all all right heading over now to our guests micah what do you think of another round basically to echo virtually everybody else um i think this film is pretty great um the the acting is really what stands out to me here not to just kind of piggyback off of everyone else's comments um i've been a fan of uh, Thomas Vinterberg for uh, a little while now, and that that's something con- pretty consistently in all his films that I that I've picked up on. And he he really knows how to work with actors and get great performances, especially from his collaborations with Mads Mikkelsen and um, Thomas Boat Larsen, who both appear in this film. Um, I I do agree with Dan. I think there there are some minor pacing issues, and I I feel I, I feel as though. Uh, some of the things that this film does are are a, a little bit well trodden at this point, but it doesn't matter that much to me as as much as it's done well, which it is. Um, so yeah, the performance is great. Uh, it's it's never not engaging. Um, I'm a fan, and it's it's definitely a a great surprise pick for best director with Thomas Vinterberg. And in a perfect world, I would very much have loved to see Mads in the best actor race instead of somebody else. But yeah, thumbs up. Good. Yeah. I don't think you're alone on that idea as well. Kevin, what about you? Again, going with what other people have been saying here, it's amazing to me just how often I just find myself thinking about this movie. This is a movie I paid for video on demand, which I almost never do. I, because of how much I love Mads Nicholson and how much I love The Hunt, which is the last movie that he and Thomas Winterberg had made. And... Oh my god, what a movie, too. Holy crap. I know, uh, Nicole, you were just mentioning a second ago that you watched um, his film Far From the Matting, uh, Matting Crowd, but y- y- everyone needs to make time to watch The Hunt at some point. Yeah, and I, and I remember how much I love that movie and just how much I love Matt Nicholson in general, so I visible, I paid for this movie on Google TV and well, just again, it, it seems so simple. It seems like a rather uh, a modest, simple idea, but then just the way it goes about itself, the way it, it explores the, these characters. And when you think it, you know what, what's going to happen. Just even if you got, I got your prediction, you're right. The, the weight it brings to it. Just, I, I, I can't stop thinking about this movie. Like, just how it talks about these, like these like male friendships that the talk talks about masculine, how it talks about drinking, how this movie probably understands the paradox of drinking better than so many other, other movies that, that cover this topic. I, I agree with that aspect of it too, mostly because of Thomas Vinterberg's uh, perspective and the way that he chooses to tackle this material. I know that there's been a lot of talk about an American remake of Another Round Mm -hmm. starring, you know, some well-known comedy actors and how they would probably Hollywoodize it and make it a little bit more (laughs) raunchy comedy. We don't need this. I can totally see that happening. I mean, look what happened with Force Majeure and Downhill as a great example, right? But I think that, you know, Thomas Vinterberg, let's not forget... He is someone along with Lars von Trier who started the uh, Dogma uh, 95 movement. And I kind of want to just really quickly run through uh, some of the rules of that movement if you guys are not aware of what they are. Because a lot of this is found within this movie and I think it's what helps to make it so 
relatable in many ways. So let me just, if you would indulge me, I would like to just list these really quick for those that don't know. The rules of dogma are shooting must be done on location. Props and sets must be brought in. If a particular prop is necessary for the story, a location must be chosen where this prop is to be found. That's number one. The sound must never be produced apart from the images or vice versa. So music must not be used, basically, unless it occurs where the scene is being shot. Okay, we know that that is not obeyed in this movie. That's okay. Number three, the camera must be handheld. Well, <laughs> that, that definitely is apparent when you're watching this film. Any movement or immobility attainable in the hand is permitted. Uh, number four. The film must be in color. Special lighting is not acceptable. Number five, optical work and filters are forbidden. Number six, the film must not contain superficial action. I think this is very important because I think that a lot of this also informs the story of this movie. Um, what that basically means is like things like murders, weapons, etc. must not occur. Uh, number seven, temporal and geogra uh, geographical alienation are forbidden. That is to say that the film basically takes place in the here and now. So it's not a period piece. Sorry, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> number eight, genre movies are not acceptable. Uh, number nine, the film format must be Academy 35 millimeter. And number 10, the director must not be credited. <laughs> Lol. Academy <laughs> Award <laughs> nominated director Thomas Vinterberg. Um, so some of these are not uh, strictly obeyed here, but I do think that coming from this movement and retaining some of these qualities to give us this very human story. And I say human story because I think the thing that about another round that shocks me the most is how relatable and full of life it is. And part of that is because the movie is actually a little bit more uplifting than I expected it to be. I think when you hear this premise on paper, you think, oh, they're clearly going to all become like alcoholics and they're going to be angry and they're going to like break shit and yell and it's going to be dramatic and, you know, seep into melodrama. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> and the answer with this movie is, well, not really. Yeah, like you have like. You ha I think the benefit of having there be the these four distinct characters is each of them kind of goes on this own journey of it with its own highs and lows. Mm -hmm. And I think also like something to kind of, it's not quite part of the Dogma 95 thing, but I think something that maintains that like human aspect is the fact that it's always from one of, if not all of their point of views. Yeah. Like you're never not in a scene with at least one of them. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our review of Another Round here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? 
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right.